Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome back to Coast View. One of the great opportunities I have on Fridays is the opportunity to, to have conversations with Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. He is the man. And boy, do we learn a lot from him about what's going on behind the scene with the Saints. Hey, hey, come on in for just a second, Kyle. And uh, this is Kyle Curley, my favorite producer, my only producer, but he's still my favorite producer. Kyle's the man. Uh, Kyle, I love this one. This is what my cousin Tracy posted this on her Facebook account. She said this, if you wait long enough to make dinner, everyone will just eat cereal. It's science. <laughs> that's fact. <laughs> hey, look, that's happened here before, even though my wife Anne's a great cook. But, you know, every now and then we can't decide. Time goes by. Eventually, we both got a bowl of cereal. It happens here a lot because I have a teenager. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forget about that, man. You know, we're empty nesters. I guess you could say we are. We got grandkids here all the time. But it, it can be challenging with that with that teen in the house, can it? Teenagers should just be called grazers because he walks in the door from school and that's all he does. He stops at the refrigerator on his way through. He comes back and gets something else. 20 minutes mm. later, something else. It, Yeah, it, teenagers are grazers. I remember one time I was in my, my, my room and I had like, you know, I don't know. I mean, stuff that I'd eaten before and it was kind of laying around, you know, it was just, just so messy. My dad walked in and he says, if you keep living like this, you're not going to mount to anything. Unfortunately, he died not long after that. I wish he, I always often say that he's my guardian angel. He can see how it all turned out. But, but, but boy, I mean, that time of your life, you don't really care much about anything other than what's going to go in your mouth next. Huh? <laughs> no, you really don't. You really don't even care about that much. It's just <laughs> next. That's it. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. Well, let's, uh, we're going to go ahead and shift gears. I, I'm thrilled to today, you know, call today kind of a sports day, but we have uh, Captain Sonny Schindler, my good friend from Shore Thing Fishing Charters. And, uh, you know, the way it works usually is he lets me know he's going to be available. In this case, we reached out to him to say, hey, man, what's going on these days? Sonny, how you been? Been good, man. We, we've been we've been rolling. We uh, finally got a, a wind day. They got a huge front hitting us down here. So figured I'd, uh, I'd check in, see how y'all were and, you know, answer answer those uh, questions you always throw at me. Hey, what's, you know what's interesting? You, you and I have talked about this before, but we had so much rain early in the season that Biloxi Bay and the, the area where I live, there's been freshwater grass the entire summer, literally the whole summer. We've not caught any crabs in, in Back Bay area the whole summer. It's been freshwater the whole time. Where we used to catch specks and redfish, we've caught bass. The good news is the redfish are starting to come back in again because the salinity is beginning to kind of move in the right direction. And as you well know, if we don't get to, this is not too much rain. We're about to get some of the rain's good actually, but this, but you know, this rain will push through as the salinity continues to improve. Then the, then the, the speckle trout will start to move in. So hopefully we have some normal fishing again, but in the where areas where you usually catch fish, you've done pretty, pretty good. Haven't you? We have, I mean, it, 
Not uh, not as much on the trout, but like I always tell you, I mean, it, we don't keep our eggs in one basket. So it's been heavy on the redfish. The flat the flounder's been really good. Um, especially compared to years past, but the, the red fishing certainly carried us the last week or two. Uh, the, the trout we did catch though, they, they were studs. Uh, I think Matt, Matt or Kenny, uh, got a 24 incher, uh, on the last, last trip. Um, it was, it was a stud, big old fat one. Yeah. We've had some good trips recently to Horn Island. And, uh, so it's, it's been, it's been pretty good actually. Felt, felt a little bit like old times to some extent. What I like about the Horn Island trip or even the Ship Island trip is that we can leave from my house and be fishing in 30 minutes. So we can, you know, we can get there quick, fish. We can go in the afternoons and be back before the sun goes down. So it's, it's a pretty good little afternoon trip. But hey, hey, before we get too deep in all this, I, I wanted to, you, you saw where I'm now hosting Super Talk Outdoors, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I caught, very, uh, yeah. I think I was on a turnaround. Um, it, it comes on midday, I think. Yeah, it comes uh, on here. Noon, on Monday. At noon. And we, we were yeah. swapping out crews for the island. And I, while I was pumping fuel and getting bait, I listened to it. It was awesome, man. Well, I'm excited about it because, well, first of all, I, I love the outdoors, as we, everyone knows. I spent my, I mean, I just love it. I mean, as, as I think it saved me as a child, and my sons are hooked today on hunting and fishing and just enjoying the outdoors. I have to say, and you know this, that, that the catching or the shooting, you know, when you catch or shoot, you get something to put in the freezer, that's for sure. But it's the, it's the, it's the culture of the environment that you're in. It's the people that you're surrounded yourself with. And you can, you know, you meet people every day who you don't know. Now, some are returning customers for sure, but the, who you don't know. But because you share this love of the outdoors, there's an immediate connection, isn't there? There is. And uh, it, it, it's funny you say that. The Some of the crews we've been fishing um, lately have been kind of Midwestern uh, groups. And, I mean, they're awesome. They, they, but they're so new to the area. Um, some of them have never seen saltwater, uh, never, never caught these fish and every, every aspect of it from the birds to the waves, to the beach, to the fish, to the, I mean, everything is what's that, what's that, what's that? And I, you know, me personally, that stuff's infectious when, when they just get really excited about seeing, you know, the dolphins and the sea turtles and the crabs and the, you know, the ospreys and the eagles and all this other stuff. Um, it, it kind of recharges me and, 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 you know, you get to talk about the, the spots on the redfish or the two eyes on the, on the flounder's head, you know, and it brings you back to what, what got, you know, like you say, got you into it. I love it. I never get tired of that stuff. I, I, the I way my son, the way my son describes it, my son, Jordan, he says he loves to be around people who have a low threshold for amazement. You follow me? It, once you're in it for a while. <laughs> then you sort of lose the amazement. It takes like a higher degree of challenge to get you where you need to be. Although there are people like Reed Geist. Do you know Reed Geist? Uh, Very well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Reed, I don't care what he does. He's <laughs> always got a low threshold for amazement, he, which is to say that he always appreciates the moment. He can catch a redfish 30 times in a row, and every time it's completely amazing. It's just, <laughs> you know what I mean? He just lives in the moment. What, that's inspiring to be around people like that. And my son Jordan said, I love people like that, whether they're new or whether like people like Reed who you know, has all these state records and does it all the time. But 
that's uh that's the that's the thing about the outdoors that's so infectious isn't it it is it is and i i hate to get all philosophical on you but my uh and i i don't know any other quotes by the man but my favorite uh quote is is henry david thoreau um most fishermen go their whole life never knowing it's not the fish they're after so you know they're, they're about the experience and the you know if, if you're just going out there and fishing to to catch a limit or or you know if you're not soaking it all in and appreciating it and enjoying it and then you know take up golf yeah you know, go do something else. <laughs> well, Rick, uh, Reed shared a book with me. I, I think the guy's name was Harry Middleton. Don't hold me to it, but that's what my memory tells me. And the name of the book was On the Spine of Time. And what it was about is his time fly fishing in the mountains of North Carolina and the way he described the moment. You know, there's the, you know, the what he was observing in the moment and the, the tackle that he was using and the fly that he so meticulously tied and all of those things. It's when you just when you read it in such almost literally artistic frame, in such an artistic frame, you can you can see it. Then you realize that the catching the fish, if the fish bites, is literally sort of like the cherry on top. That right. you really didn't need that moment right. to to appreciate all the other aspects to it. And I tell you, this opportunity I'm having now to do Super Talk Outdoors and talk to people like Will Primos and. Toxie Hayes and Cuz Strickland, and I had a great show last Monday with uh, the, uh, the women who are the, uh, the, they call them the swamp witches. There's a group of women that go duck hunting together. But I mean, you know what? I love it because I want, I want, I personally get such a charge out of talking to people who've not only, some have made their livelihood with the outdoors and have been outdoor ambassadors for this state around the world. Uh, but we all come back to the same place, and that is that here in coastal Mississippi, in North Mississippi, in the Delta, wherever you choose to enjoy the outdoors in this great state, it's some of the best in the world. And I know that you and I have talked about this before. I'll have you on my statewide show at some point. But this opportunity to do so much diverse kind of fishing off the coast of Mississippi is literally some of the best in the world. I'm not underestimating. I'm not overstating that, am I? Yeah, and, and we had, um, I, I completely forgot about this until you said that. We had this trip um, week before last, maybe, uh, and it was the last minute. And we, we went down to Louisiana, left from Bayou Caddy, and, uh, and we caught fish. I mean, it, it was a really good trip, but one of the, the guys coming was from a little bit up north. By the end of the day, and we had a box full of trout, reds, you know, flounder. But he was more excited that he got to see seven different species of fish. That, that was all he talked about. And I was like, yeah, that's no, there's no doubt about that. This is Captain Sonny Schindler from Sure Thing Charters. We'll see you when we get on the other side. See you after this break. View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I 10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View. I have my friend, Captain Sonny Schindler from Shore Thing Fishing Charters. And, uh, you know, they, they really, I mean, from the mouth of the Pearl River out to the Louisiana Marsh, Cat Island, even over to Horn. I mean, they go wherever the fish are. They're in the multiple boats. They're a very large operation. Uh, they have a house that they lease uh, to, to folks on Cat Island, which creates a great base station. So many cool stories. But when we went to, when we went to break, you said the cool thing was that the guy that, that, that was experiencing this trip that you said was fine, but it wasn't like the best trip you've ever taken. He was excited that you, t- you, you caught seven different species. The thing that I mentioned to you before, when I go out, I'll have, I'll have my light tackle, I'll have my deep water stuff, and people say, what are we going to go catch? And I said, well, our destination is here, but we're going to see what we can get away with. And you just take what, what it gives you. And you do that all the time, don't you? Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I load, load for bear. I've, I've got my, my triple tail rods. I've got my big, you know, the big rods, uh, fishing up, down, in between. Um, but yeah, man, I, I just, I love to fish. I, I don't care. I, I'll, I'll, if it bites, I, I'll, I'll, I'll catch it. <laughs> well, Kyle's going to, going to show some of your more recent pictures as we continue to have this conversation, but um, I know it's been a challenging year. I mean, certainly the pandemic created some challenges, the massive amount of water that we had to deal with from rain obviously changed some of the patterns of fish. It certainly affects the salinity, which ultimately affects speckled trout fishing. But you guys have made adjustments and you've done what you had to do and you pulled out a pretty good year so far, haven't you? We have. And and the, the pictures Kyle's showing is a lot of the stuff we've been tagging uh, the last couple of days I've been working with uh, the GCRL, the Gulf Coast Research Lab out of Ocean Springs, um, tracking flounder. Um, and they, they put a couple radio transmitters in some redfish as well. And that's kind of become my new uh, uh, addiction is I, I've been tagging fish for years, but, um, you know, tracking them and using good and bad you know when the, when the spillways open or we get this flooding or you get a hurricane um or you don't you know all that information is important and the the returns on these tags have been pretty good it's a numbers game you you got to stick a pile of fish uh to get a return off of them but like yesterday uh i caught one of my wife's fish we we, we went fishing uh earlier in october and Granted, I was in the same area. We tagged it, but man, that was cool, you know. And the fish hadn't moved. I, I remember the same little shoreline we were set up. That fish, if it moved fifty yards, uh, but it was in the same exact spot we tagged it, like the first couple of days of October. Um, but that's become my new thing because I can incorporate it into the trips. And then when a fish gets recaptured. Um, the Miss Diane Gibson at the lab sends a little PDF that you can text to somebody or email or print it out and snail mail it to them. And then, it, you know, it's like shooting a banded duck, you know, you, yeah, you get this. And some of them really stretch out. Like I had one go into Lake Pontchartrain this year, had one go to Perdido. Um, years ago, I had a triple tail go to Texas. Um, 
But, you know, some of our other boats catch some of the fish, some of the other guys. I, I don't know. I think it's just the bee's knees, man. I love and it. And you learn so much. You really do learn a lot. Like the the um, the, the cobia tagging, uh, you know, operation over all these years really created incredible amount of data about the migration of cobia, about the number of cobia that stay here locally. I, uh, Steve West many, many years ago, caught one at Camille Cut. This is the only tag uh, Kobe I ever caught. And it was, uh, I caught it like 50 miles offshore, you know, like two years later, I might add. And it was That's... tremendously bigger than it was when, when he caught it at Camille Cut. But just so much, so much interesting information. Yeah. And they, uh, it, you know, especially when people, um, you know, we catch a lot of undersized fish, many, uh, but, you know, some people just get into it. And if, if we're on a, a decent bite, they'll they'll say, you know, we, we got enough to eat. Start start tagging the, the slot fish or the bull reds. Or, um, but, yeah, seeing where they wind up, you know, the, the, every one of them's got a story. Some of them never leave. Some of them go hundreds of miles away. And uh, it's cool. And, and you know, we, the, the lab and DMR, they, they do so much for us. It's it's really nice to, to help out and um and, and this, yeah, and it's the short time we have left together. As you guys move into the fall, um, what's, what's your operation look like going into the fall? Well, uh, we will kind of start um, getting away from the island trips just because of the weather and the tides. Uh, we've spent a majority of the year out of Pass Christian, uh, that big dock that Rimmer built. We'll probably go back to our, as we call it, our world headquarters in, uh, in Bayou Caddy. And we'll spend a lot of time over uh, in Lake Bourne. The water's getting finally getting a little saltier. A lot of time in Lake Bourne um, in that western side of the Biloxi Marsh on the good weather days. Not saying we, we won't run up in the bay or go check the reefs or maybe even, you know, uh, run, run back to Cat. But the majority of our stuff is west. Uh, yes. The cooler it gets, the further west we go. I like October. I like the end of October, beginning of November. You can get offshore and don't have to go quite as far and find structure and maybe catch a dolphin or two. So yeah, every now and then you catch those slick days. It's a lot of fun. But, Captain, we're out, uh, out of time. This is Captain Sonny Schindler from Short Thing Charters, a good friend of Coastview, my friend. And uh, y'all keep keep on doing the, what you do. Be safe and good luck to you guys. Uh, th thank you. And congratulations on the new show. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm enjoying it. We'll see you soon. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.